0: Wow. And
1: good day. A longer break than usual, but it's pleasure to be back. Pleasure. How's everyone doing? Hot. Yeah, I feel I feel, feel quite well. Summer um, came to New England real fast. It was oof. like one day it was 40 and the next day it was 70 and it's stayed 70. Mm. So
0: Yeah, we're, we're getting all sweating. W- we haven't lots gotten our rain. ACs. Yeah, it's nice and uh, thunderstormy over here. Are you getting know, a real Ooh. spooktastic ghoul night? Yeah, perfect. So, I'm y'all... feeling i I'm a little feeling a little. Are you afraid of the dark? Ooh, perfect, yeah. You know. Oh, and feeling that in more ways than one, you guys. Because the other night I went out <laughs> in a cloth skirt with high socks and booties and just an oversized jean jacket, and I felt <sighs> all sorts of '90s. Are you afraid yes. of the dark?
1: Good for you. I want to see that look. I'll send, I bet you, a picture.
0: Hot. I'll send you guys a picture yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, good. Let us see it. But yeah, mm-hmm. so shout out to um, nature and the outside world for the sound effects that we're getting for free this evening because, you know. Oh, yep, there comes the rumbly thunder. Wow, <laughs> Emily, Ooh, you did look very dude. 90s. I, I, hot, I pulled hot, off hot. and I
0: said... Somebody's been watching too many spooky tales on the Nick ta- Nickelodeon, <laughs> the Nick TV, the Nick at Night. Nick, uh, Nick, 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 I Nick, Nick, tried Nick, Nick, to Nick. rewatch
2: Are You Afraid of the Dark like a couple years ago, and it just, it didn't hit the same, and I was so upset.
0: The first season really tripped me out re-watching it, and then the rest was like, okay, kid stuff, you know? Yeah. this is kid
2: stuff. This is kid stuff. Uh man kids' shows. Some of them like hold up and some of them just they just don't,
0: you know? Yeah, you know who was good in Nickelodeon though? Who? Kenan and Cal. Ke- like oh, a real oh special talent. A yeah. real Good Burger, special best movie of all time. <laughs> For real.
1: So good. I remember watching that movie at my grandma's Mimi's and she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, at Mimi, it's Good Burger. They work <laughs> at a burger place. And she's like, okay. <laughs> And she's like, this is
2: trash. (laughs) Glad you're happy, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically.
2: Speaking of (laughs) shows, I feel like we talked about this show a while back, but has anyone watched Haunted? It's like a Netflix series, but they just came out with a third
0: season. I need to watch the third season, yes. Yeah, it's just like people
2: telling like, spooky stories about things that happen to them. Although I read recently that it's fictionalized, which I don't know. I don't know. That's a bummer.
1: Some of these people
2: are really good actors then if it didn't actually happen to them,
1: but... right. I just looked it up. It's from the producers of The
0: Purge and Lore. Huh. Interesting. Is is it fictional? Because then we definitely got some really great talent out there. Yeah. Just like human and Kel. Yeah. It says the genre is horror and
1: reality. But again, rea- we were just talking about this off oh. the record. Reality shows still so scripted. So I don't know.
2: I mean, I say that from firsthand experience, watching myself <laughs> get turned into a crybaby on national television. <laughs> um, when Rude. in fact, I was not a crybaby. They just really wanted She's to not. play the moment that I did cry and played a lot. So, thanks Rude. MTV. And yeah, so First I understand
0: experience.
2: I know that reality is not reality.
0: <laughs> they, they can make to, you into whatever they want. They really mm-hmm. can. They
2: love to like take snippets of something that someone said in one place and put it in another. and
0: mm-hmm. you know, but let me question you guys, is that not reality? because people do that to us all the time. I mean, True? yeah that True. was deep. that was deep in me. I know. <laughs> I went there and I had to. She's taking it there. I she took it.
2: The... She did. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, do we do we have any news? Anything exciting?
0: Oh. Not for me. No nah. ah. I really, I truly wish. Ah. We
2: do have a lot of new merch tank tops. People have been asking for tank tops. They're there go get one we got dad hats for summer you know all the things and uh we're looking for ghoul talk stories so send them to us at the golden ghouls podcast at gmail.com that's what i got for y'all that's what i got for y'all all All right uh we're the golden ghouls Alyssa, kylie emily and it's time to get spooky Ooh. Ooh. So our intentions with this episode were originally (laughs) South Carolina. The next thing we knew, all of our stories were coming from Charleston. So So Charleston is the theme, and it's haunted. And it's on our list of spots to check out because, wow, let me tell you, it was hard to to pick a spot. There were so many. So many.
0: We couldn't steer around it, you know? It just... Called us on a lot of levels, Charlestown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's where we went.
2: Yeah. Well, I can kick us off with this little, little number. It is the Battery Carriage House Inn. And obviously, she's mm. in Charleston. So she's located at 20 South Battery. That's a street. And it's not only one of the most haunted establishments in Charleston, but it's also one of the city's most historic hotels, so you can stay there. Mm. So this guy, Samuel Stevens, purchased the land for what would become the foundation for the home in June of 1843, June 7th to be exact. So a hot minute ago, he paid a mere $4,500 which was pocket change for him. He was wealthy from his position as a commercial agent for owners of plantations. So he was...
0: He was a real estate?
2: It, it sounds as if that's what he was up
0: to. Mm. He was... Yeah this guy was going around selling plantations yeah wow yeah
2: okay not his best work um but $4,500 I like did the like inflation on it and it was only like 160,000 something dollars which I was like is that that doesn't seem right but okay you know you'd think it'd be more but anyway So the house was constructed by Stevens, but it's not the same one that's there today, which, you know, no surprise, it's been many years. Um, The original house, though, was built in the same way that many of the other houses were nearby, which was in a neoclassical style, which was kind of the like city's trademark. But fast forward to 1859, about 16 years after Stevens built the house, and he sold the property to a gentleman named John F. Blacklock. And Blacklock actually went on to move his own house to the land. So he like picked his house up from elsewhere in Charleston and moved that bad boy.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Unfortunately. Unfortunately, though, for Blacklock, um, not too long after he moved into the home, the Civil War started. So he was forced to abandon the house and he never called it home again, which pretty sad. Pretty sad.
0: I mean, all that work without 18 wheelers moving your house. (laughs) You got to abandon it.
2: Yes. So sad. All right. So, yeah, he had to abandon this house and um, eventually ended up selling the property to Colonel Richard Lathers in 1870. What does he lather? You know, I don't know, (laughs) but he lathers something. Uh, Lathers hired an architect named John Henry Devereaux, who was a former Confederate captain. To renovate the house with the modern, for that time period, Second Empire styling, which was commonly found in New York. So he was trying something new, bringing a, a new and different look to Charleston. And he added some features to the home, including a library and a ballroom, but the ballroom was quickly transformed into a conference room, so it didn't see much dancing. Very sad. Uh, Then Lather ended up selling the home to Mr. Andrew Simmons after renovations were complete in 1874, and the Simmons family held onto the home until 1912. So they lived there for a hot minute, Um, and then it changed hands quite a few times. So there were local society clubs that inhabited it for a bit. It became a hotel, and then apartments, and then finally a hotel again in the 1980s. Actually, a descendant of the Simmons family had purchased it. They no longer own it, but it eventually came back to the Simmons family, which, interesting.
0: Oh.
2: All right, now for the spooky stuff. So the hauntings at the end date back to just after the Civil War, which is really no surprise because
0: hmm.
2: everyone was perishing you know yeah so guests Mm -hmm. and employees alike have reported run-ins with spirits of the hotel and many skeptics who have stayed the night there have become believers so most of these ghosts stick to particular rooms there are actually three particular rooms in the hotel the first of these three rooms is room three So Mm -hmm. one of the most infamous stories from the hotel actually takes place here. So there was a couple who was staying there. They were tired from a long day of exploring Charleston, and they went straight to bed when they got back to the hotel. But unfortunately for them, there was not a peaceful night's rest in the cards for them, even though that's what they were seeking. So shortly after falling asleep, the two were suddenly woken up by the husband's cell phone, and it wasn't ringing, but making a rather loud, peculiar sound that they could not even describe or make happen again from the phone. The husband Hmm. also noted that he turned his phone off before bed as he did every night. So how it got back on, no one knows what this noise was. They couldn't explain it. They also witnessed an orb floating around the room on their first night and spotted the orb again on the second night. The husband claimed that on the second night, there appeared to be even more glowing shapes floating around the room outside of just the orb. So they were seeing things. Hmm. Uh, After their second night of spooky happenings, they met with a psychic who was also a guest at the hotel. You know... We're glad she was there. (laughs) They're very lucky. But the couple asked her to check out the room. And upon entering, she said that she could immediately feel the presence of multiple spirits. And at the couple's request, she asked them to politely leave the room. The next morning, the couple reported that the spirits must have left because they were able to get a full night's rest. Mm. So something's going on there. Yeah, Playing with phones like it. and orbs. The most ominous spirit lives in room eight. So this ghost that haunts this room is extra special. And I think you guys might scream. Guests awake to see the inexplicable sight of a floating headless torso.
0: Oh, what? Yeah. A chest? <laughs> Or a torso, Sh- uh, just a torso? The, the
2: torso, the, like, Just you the know. torso. Yeah, just, just, the, just a Nothing floating, but the torso. Just a floating torso.
0: That's excellent. People
2: who...
1: Excellent.
2: <laughs> Excellente. <laughs> so, people who encounter it claim to have nightmares for years after seeing the headless figure in their dreams, which, uh, obviously, yeah, what else do you expect to happen? Yeah, you, you
0: just seen a belly button.
2: Yeah. Go on by. <laughs> hmm <laughs> <laughs> The floating belly button. So, back in 1993, there was a skeptic who stayed in room eight. And when others heard where he was staying, they repeatedly warned him switch your room. Heck, go stay at a different hotel entirely. The whole place is haunted. (laughs) But he was unfazed. He actually laughed off the warnings. And, um, he was in for a surprise. So, like most of the ghostly happenings <laughs> at the battery carriage, the man was awoken by a disturbance in the middle of the night, opening his eyes to see the headless torso.
0: <gasps> torso terror! <Yeah>. So,
2: <laughs> so, thinking his eyes were playing tricks on him, he reached out to try and, like, touch the spirit... Only to pull away quickly when <laughs> the spirit emitted an animalistic growl. What? Yeah. So you've got a growling, floating torso.
0: Did the growl you know, come out the
1: belly button? <laughs> what I'm picturing right now is a torso, and when it growls, it flexes, and you see this, like, eight-pack. And it's like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. And it's going, crossfit. <laughs> I just want to go to that room,
0: see the torso, and I'm going to draw a little face on the torso, you know, as soon as it comes up.
2: So terrifying. But um, it's believed that the spirit probably lost his life during this civil war in a particularly gruesome manner, so he's just, like, angry and, you know, dismembered. I know he needs a face. Yeah. (sighs) I would also be mad if I was... Only a torso.
0: Right? <laughs> I would too. <laughs> but at least give me a bust, you know? Give it, Yeah, like, like something at least to work give with. me the, the
2: face. That's all I'm asking for.
0: But That's they say
2: that your best chance of seeing a ghost is in room 10. So they call him the Gentleman Ghost. This nickname was actually given to the spirit by the staff um because he's known for graciously sharing his room with any and all guests. He's always kind. How kind. Yeah, well, you think that. Yeah. So <laughs> they think that this spirit was actually a student who lived there when the building served as apartments and possibly took his own life there. But people who have seen the apparition have described him as being a grayish shadow figure.
1: Hmm.
2: Now here's where I'm like, are you gentleman? He usually uh, appears to be of average height and build, and tends to glide around the room stylishly. But he's quite fond of laying on the bed with people. Oh, he'll just have a little lie down right no. next to ya, right beside you. Um, oh, people no. are startled, but they say he seems to be peaceful. You
0: know what? No,
2: I'm. I just. I don't want to share my bed that I paid good money for with uh,
0: some guy. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, uninvited, first off. And unless we're in what, you know, what are those? uh, Not a California king. What's bigger? Yeah,
2: I feel like California is. Yeah.
0: Is that the big one? It's the big one. I thought there was like a Wyoming king. Probably. Oh, there may Could be. be. There may watch. be. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Unless we're in one of those, then okay. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, but
2: uh, it's a no for me. Uh. Others staying in the room say that they have spirit experienced what they report to be a watchful eye of an unknown presence gazing over okay. them while they unpack and get the room all settled for themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was one guest who was so unnerved by her stay in the room that she actually stayed up the whole night reading the Bible and <laughs> she eventually like drifted off into sleepy time, but awoke, finding the Bible still clutched in her hands for a dear life. So she was like, really saying a little prayer for herself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame her,
0: you know, need, need that peace. And you yeah. know,
2: I don't. I don't blame her either. If that's what she mm-hmm. needed to feel safe there, then that's what she needed to do. Wow, I got sleepy thinking about lying down next to that ghost, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> the ghost should be paying the woman for their time in the yeah. bed. Like, yeah. I would, I would request that from the ghost. I'm like, I'm not paying you. You are paying me. Mm-hmm. Only you know, one person
0: like, rented this room, bro. So you're gonna have yeah. to split the bill. Yeah, exactly. Cough it up or one way exactly. or another. Yeah. But, well, I tell so you what. There you have it. Sounds haunted.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I Sounds would headless so. <laughs> headless torsos galore.
1: Galore. I've got one that's um it's a little different than what we usually discuss, which is the paranormal. There is there is a paranormal aspect, but it's more crime related and it's like early American crime and it's also Ooh. female crime. So I'm like, okay, Ooh. obviously the people are going to want to hear this story. Yeah, this it's is a, a great killer story. story. It's a I'm killer excited. story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> so it revolves around the Charleston County Jail. So the, the ghost of this person has been seen at this jail. I'm going to tell you all about this person and why their apparition remains there. So it's supposedly haunted by the first female serial killer in the United States, at least convicted, (laughs) Lavinia Fisher. So Lavinia, she was born in 1793, old gal, And she was, she grew up to be a beautiful, very charismatic, cunning woman. And she married this man named John Fisher. And they lived together right near Charleston um, in the early 1800s. So Lavinia and John, they managed a hotel called the Six Mile Wayfarer Hotel, um, as it was six miles outside of Charleston. So men who were traveling to and from Charleston for for business, they would stop at the six-mile Wayfair house uh, or hotel, and many of them over time would go missing, so never quite making it into the city or back home. Eventually, local authorities concluded that these missing men had last been seen at or heard from the six-mile house. Little fishy, those fishers, a mm-hmm. little fishy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So an investigation began. However, uh, the fishers at the beginning were pretty well liked in the community. Um, and as I mentioned, Lavinia, she was very, very cunning. Um, as as many you know sociopaths are, they know how to charm, charm the trousers no. off of off of people, as I should say. Oh, in this day and age, I'd say maybe. Charm the the jeans or the dungarees off people, but back in the day, I'm going to say trousers or slacks. So the the investigation came to an eventual halt because the uh, the investigators, I assume they were you know officers or what have you, they were like, nah, there's no way that this that this hot bitch is killing men, <laughs> <laughs> which is goals, honestly. Mm-hmm. So eventually, the community caught on to the Fisher's suspicious behavior as more men went missing after checking into the hotel. Like, you can only do this for so long, Lavinia and John. Then a, a fellow, a fellow by the name of John Peoples, oh. was traveling. Peoples. He was traveling from Georgia to Charleston, and he was very tired from his trip. He stopped at the six-mile house to see if they had a room. And he was warmly greeted by beautiful Lavinia. uh, And she told them, you know, we don't have a room available. We are all booked. However, please come in for some tea and a meal. You know, you, you look tired. You've been traveling. Have a meal and tea on us. So legend has it, this was like Lavinia's MO. So she would invite lone travelers, men, Uh, who were staying at the hotel or wanted a room, she would invite them to dinner. Then she would basically, you know, converse with them to kind of find out what their occupation is and see if they were wealthy. And if they were wealthy, she would give them a room or if they already had a room, um, she would give the men a relaxing cup of tea and send them off to their room or wherever. So this tea, mm -hmm, this tea was made of oleander leaves, which apparently will kill (laughs) you. They will kill (laughs) you. They will kill you. So these, these men would drink the tea. They would go up to their room. Later that night, John, Vinnie's husband, would go in to the guest room to see if they were dead <laughs> oh. and if not he would he would kill them he would like finish them off and not not in a acute way you know it'd be pretty violent <laughs> then the fishers were they would like take all of the the travelers goods and money and then bury the body in the basement. <laughs> Like, what are y'all doing? Like, you're setting yourself up for a disaster. You're not being very sneaky. So back to John Peoples, our guy, our fellow. According to legendsofamerica.com, Lavinia gave John some tea. However, John didn't like tea, but he didn't want to seem, you know, impolite. So instead of refusing the tea or just leaving it untouched, he poured it out when she wasn't looking. (laughs) I don't really know where he poured it out just on the ground maybe they were outside i don't know but he he poured it out he didn't drink it smart uh, so and then lavinia you know showed him to his room he found it suspicious that during dinner she was asking him like so many questions like she was pretty invasive mm-hmm. and john lavinia's husband was kind of like weird weirdly staring at him all evening so he just kind of had the creeps and was a little sus yeah that's a little sus but it was
0: like they're driving me for sure just a weird, Yeah, bit. he was like something's
1: weird. Yeah. Something's wrong. <laughs> so, he got to thinking and you know, this this guy, he was pretty smart. He was like, I wonder if they're trying to rob me. So, up in his room, there was a bed, of course, and then there was also a chair by the door. He fell asleep in the chair. He just he was feeling strange. He was like, I I don't know. I kind of want to just like hang by the the door just in case I need to make a run for it or something. So he fell asleep in the chair and then he was awakened by a loud noise. And this is crazy, y'all. <laughs> Looking around the room, he realized that the bed he should have been sleeping in had disappeared into a deep hole beneath the floor. <laughs> oh. I'm like, you guys are playing tricks.
0: It's a fun There's house.
1: couple, like, what are you doing? How are you making this so you so they what dug a hole and put the bed over it and then like maneuvered something to make the bed fall under the floor yeah they had like like, a, a whole, like are they
2: magicians a whole system
1: they yeah. were
2: committed to this
1: yeah well because they
2: didn't so, have to get their hands dirty so like the bodies would just drop mm-hmm. into the basement I was gonna
0: say was it was yeah. just like an easier way to bury people well, they I weren't guess. even burying
2: them. They were just like bodies like oh, piling, piling up beneath lot. the floor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They were like, this Looking is the 1700s. Nobody's gonna come.
1: Yeah, yeah. So John, realizing this, was like, Hell no. And he jumped out the window, got on his horse, and went into Charleston and told the authorities. He was like, No, these people are
0: Dang, that shit. dude. If it wasn't for John, do you think we ever would have found out?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Well, the thing, too, is that know. like you would think the
2: stench would get you or something. But like people were literally shitting in buckets back then and like yeah, leaving them in was... the corner of the room. So like bad smells were not like
1: a deterrent right. yeah. to people. people had open abscesses in their in their mouths. Right. And their
0: and people going missing was like, that's not e- that wasn't even a thing because you just didn't hear from people. You yeah, know
1: because like it took them a while. It, it, it yeah, took
2: how long for someone to get your letter? Like
0: right, <laughs> yeah, or not get your letter? <laughs> yeah, right. and then they were just like, "Well, he just decided we were, you know, we're not friends anymore. It's fine." Yeah, he's probably off yeah. in Timbuktu. too. And right, it's like, no, dude, he's dead. Yeah, he's, he's under
1: it, the ground, under yeah. the under the floor, yeah. under the under the floor. Really. Mm-hmm. So John, people, he wasn't murdered. So for this specific case, the Fishers. They weren't prosecuted as, you know, murderers. They were just prosecuted as thieves. What? However, the Six Mile House was thoroughly searched and the grounds were dug up and filled within hidden passages. There were items that belonged to, like, dozens of travelers. There was a mechanism, as we were talking about before, that could be triggered to open the floorboards beneath the bed and in the basement. And there was like a tea, the tea laced with an herb that could put someone to sleep for hours, et cetera. And so this was added evidence to be used against um, the Fishers for murder. So Lavinia and John, they pled not guilty, but they were, um, they had to stay in the Charleston County Jail until their trial. So while they're there, because they can't just relax and take a breather, they planned their escape from jail. <laughs> so they began making like a rope from the jail linens and on September 13th they they used the rope to drop down to the ground and John made it out, but the rope broke and so Lavinia was trapped in, in the cell. And John, being a good husband, he was like, I can't I can't leave without her. So he returned to the jail. And then they were both kept under tighter security. In February, so a few months later, the Constitutional Court rejected their appeal and their execution was scheduled for later that month. And then they were both hanged. What's spooky and rude, honestly. (laughs) Mrs. Fisher's last words were supposedly, if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me and I'll carry it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Iconic. I honestly iconic bumper sticker material shirt material merch material (laughs) visitors to the Charleston jail. There are many apparitions, many ghosts um, rumored to be at that jail, but this would be a very long episode. So we're just we just focused on Lavinia, but visitors still report sightings of her apparition. This beautiful woman with like a kind of a creepy, charismatic smile on her face. So even in the dead, even. Like, after life, she's still trying to kill people. Can you kill a dead person? Well, I don't know. Wow. Like, if you're a dead person, can you kill another dead person? Like, can no. you kill in the
0: afterlife? I thought the only way was just to, like, set their soul at peace. But if she's in heck. Right. So you know, we're what is she doing? doomed.
1: We're just doomed. So, yeah, I hope you all liked that story. It wasn't too paranormal, but... I mean, aren't you glad you heard it? I am.
2: <laughs> but Lavinia's ghost is at the jail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's at it forever. So. True. Very true. Spooky. All right.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to take you guys six miles into town. Get it? Because we were like six miles out at that house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got it. <laughs> um, and we are going to go check out some ghosts. Pirates, y'all, my favorite <gasps> subject. Yeah. Dude, ghost pirates. I'm so excited about this. And apparently, they're all hanging out in this one spot. So, since we did this earlier today, first submission of the Midnight Ghoul Society, this is the White Point Gardens, you guys. <gasps> Get it? Be I said that because we talked about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just making so many connections right now for my intro. It's crazy. Yep. It's amazing. (sighs) White Point Garden, you guys. This is at Second Murray Boulevard in Charleston. Okay. And like all of Charleston, it's incredibly, incredibly old, y'all. It was known as Battery Park for a long time, but just to make things easier, they went with White Point Garden. So that's what we're going to call it for the remainder of my story. And they had a slogan, that's where history lives. That's what oh. White Park Point Garden is to the people of Charleston. It's where the history lives, you know. And it's also what they they used to say. It's called the place where pirates are hanged. Whoa! So you know that's crazy, and we got to talk about it, right? Because what? Today, the park is a historic escape from the hustle and bustle of modern-day life in Charleston. It's got a scenic landscape accompanied with historic artifacts, cannons, a bandstand, countless monuments. But when the sun sets, y'all, and the night falls on these gardens, the spirits mm-hmm. awaken and come out to play. Nothing's I'm going to tell you why.
2: spookier than a, a moonlit garden. Honestly.
0: <laughs> True. Honestly. But dude, this place is old, y'all. In 1670, 93 passengers aboard the Carolina sailed right into what is now known as Charleston Harbor, and they set up camp. And this uh, White Point Gardens is like right in that little like peninsula, you know, that they sailed into. So pretty historic. For almost the first century of colonization, the park remained a uh, peninsula of shanties, shacks. And modest homes. On September 14th, 1752, a hurricane came in, y'all, and swept out everybody. Mm -hmm. Damn. Oh, no. It swept through the harbor, cracking the seawalls around White Point, and it allowed all this water into the city. By like 11 a.m. on the 15th of September, ships were floating on the shore and townspeople were clinging to life on upper floors of buildings.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Many taking their own lives to avoid drowning. Tragic. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Records show that um, this hurricane significantly diminished the population of Charleston at the time. And then just two weeks later, another hurricane came in sweeping out a majority of their crop supply. So probably shouldn't have set up camp there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You
2: know, you live and learn.
0: You live and you learn. It wasn't until after 1804, the city finally decided to use, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but ballast stone. Sick. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's ballast, ballast. I don't know. Last stone to secure their city from the storms so of course there were lots of death at this point in charleston and uh white point was at the center of it um but then guess what happened after 1804 right they finally set up a structure that would withstand the storms and then what happened you guys another hurricane no in the history books Civil war. Um, no no. Yes. so close. Oops. The war <laughs> don't ask me. The war of eighteen twelve. Oh, did you say it was the year eighteen twelve? No, eighteen four they eighteen oh four they finally set oh. up a structure. <laughs> To like secure their city uh, from like all the death from natural disaster. Boy. And then 1812, the War of 1812 happens, and Fort so Wilkins occupied White Point Gardens during the majority of the American Revolution and the War of 1812. So again, <sighs> lots of death over there, right? Mm-hmm. And negativity and all this. Then you get yourself. There you go, Alyssa, into the Civil War.
2: Okay, I knew we were getting there. I knew we were getting somewhere.
0: So crazy. White Point Gardens was legitimately right across from Fort Sumner. So they were definitely close to the line of fire and, again, lots of death. Hmm. They saw a bunch. But it also saw some fun times some fun no. times still, okay? I mean, it was a hot spot for tourists today, or it is a hot spot for tourists today, but back then it was too. They had a public ba- a bathing house. Babby, Ooh, la la. <laughs> yeah. From 1840 to 1881. So like in the midst of the Civil War, they were bathing.
2: At least they were clean, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's my thoughts. Exactly. They also had a cake and ice cream parlor. Hell, At yes. Wingsland Gardens, which is dope. Love that. In the 60s, they set up a bandstand so they could jam, have a good time. Um, it was such a good time, though, that the ghosts started coming out, y'all. And that's Dang. where I'm going to direct <laughs> my attention now. Because, you know, they could have been hanging out because the music, but they also could have been hanging out because they were hanging there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then wanted to let you know about it. Oh damn! So let's get straight to it, y'all. Why were the pirates hanged here? Mm. All right, we all heard of Blackbeard, right? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, he was a big Charleston guy. In the late, in May 1718, he was, you know, up and around the Charleston area. He he blockaded the harbor and took over the city, and uh, ended up sending, you know, letters to the royal governor saying that he was he was going to kill everybody. In the harbor. <laughs> oh, he's boat. so funny.
2: That's he's so Blackbeard. So That's just so him. Beard.
0: It really is. <laughs> typical. He was gonna execute all of them unless the governor sent them medical supplies. And apparently, rumor has it these medical supplies were actually for venereal disease. Whoops. But in the panic, the governor was like, dude, send Blackbeard everything he needs, you know? Get that man cured, get those people off that boat. We don't and no so they did, and he Blackbeard did what he said. He didn't execute any of the prisoners, though he did take most of their valuables, money, and clothes. <laughs> Classic Blackbeard.
2: <laughs> well, give us our life, but take our things. I guess
0: we'll take right. what we can get. Right. But in the midst of this piracy, you know this uh, this hoopla, this you know Blackbeard drama. This guy Steed <laughs> Bonnet. He uh, he like. He he got into this. He was like, you know what? I want to be a pirate too. You know, I want to try this out. I'm really into what Blackbeard's doing in the harbor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was a pirate's life for him. You know,
0: he's like, I love the entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) I am ready
1: to really, you know, like no days off. I'm ready to work from Wi-Fi. I'm ready to
0: network, market, girl boss. Yeah, he's ready. See it, believe it. He was into it. And so instead of, you know, doing the whole Davy Jones locker thing, he was like, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do this the classy way. So he like, Good. he put money into his ships. Like he raised Ooh. money, got himself a fleet. <laughs> he hired some he, hired he got some, some angel men.
1: investors. Like this was. Good for him. He
0: had a startup. He did. He was an entre. <laughs> he was an entrepreneur. <laughs> pirate. Love it. He literally paid his people, and it was gorgeous. But Love you know, it. Bonnet, he just didn't have the pirate way, mm-hmm. you know. So when it came, when it came down to the net and grit of it, he didn't know what he was doing, right? And a Mister William Rhett, he was a local merchant in Charleston at the time, and he was like, he had enough of the piracy hype, you know. He was like, this is enough, you guys. This isn't, stop influencing people to become pirates. We're going to put a stop to it, you know? So he got his boys together and he was like, we're going to get a fleet out here and we're going to stop this piracy. And that he did, you guys. He took on Bonnet and his crew. And after, you know, I mean, some, some stuff happened out on the sea where, you know, some of their ships got locked into land. So that kind of made Mm -hmm. Bonnet lose his fight against Rhett, but long story short, he lost. Rhett got on Bonnet's ship, and he said, all you dudes coming with me, and Bonnet was like, no way, man. I'm blowing this ship up, going down with my army, and his men were like, we don't get paid enough. Uh We're surrendering. And so Mm -hmm. they surrendered to Rhett's men, and in they went into the Charleston Harbor to be jailed. Right? So they went to jail. They were on trial. They were like, yeah, you guys are pirates. (laughs) We can't do this. And so that's when they were sent to be hanged in White Point Gardens. And that they were, you guys. And uh, December 10th, 1718, Steve Bonnet was led to the gallows finally after his men and he was hanged. Oh, rip. And apparently it was a really sad sight. Um, you can kind of read about it on ghostcitytours.com, but I don't, I don't want to go over it because it, it's kind of gruesome, but you should read about it. It's really sad.
2: Thank you for sparing us the details. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Five weeks after that, 49 pirates met their end at White Point Gardens Oof. to be hanged. Yeah. It's a big number. Yeah. So, that's a,
2: yeah, that's a lot of people.
0: That's a lot of people. So to this day, they say these pirates have not left the park. They're still Dang. here. Mm. And guess where they're, guess where they see them, guys? Mm-hmm. They're hiding behind trees. They're poking oh. out. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <How> <laughs> they're
0: sneaky. Cool. Yeah. You'll be so through the park and then all of a sudden there's a face poking out from by, by, beyond the oak. You know. Beyond the there, oak. There it is. I don't think Ooh, I there love it is. that. I don't love that either, you know, because it's creeps me out a little bit. There's also uh, manifestations of apparitions hanging from old oak trees, which I also oh. don't love. Ugh, People can spooky. hear terrifying screams in the wind in the midnight air. Oof. Which, okay.
1: Do you think the screams are just... Arr.
0: Probably. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Yeah, That's the pirate noise, right? Yeah, exactly. And okay. legend has it, if uh, when people stand near Water Street and if you glance down near White Point Garden, you can spot the faces of the executed pirates staring back Oof. from the water's surface. Rough. No. Wow. Mm. So there you have it. I mean, it could be the pirates, it could be the hurricanes, it could be the war... I like to go with the Pirates, you know? It's, yeah, the Pirates, I think Bonnet's sure. definitely there because he, I just don't think that guy died peacefully. No. You know, like he was like, no, I had really promising hopes for this business. I was going to do great things with this ship. You just had to wait and see. And he couldn't.
2: He couldn't. You his know, dream when it got go
0: down to it, when it got down to it, he just could not get his hands dirty. Hmm. But there you have it, guys. White Point Garden. Go check it out. See the pirates.
2: Damn. Charleston goes off. It
0: does go off.
2: Yeah. Speaking of going off, man, the thunder was really brewing during that story. So...
0: Uh Uh-oh. I don't like to hear that because if I have one of these guys come visit me tonight and hop in my bed, I have a full-size bed and it is not appropriate.
2: (laughs) She does not have (laughs) the room for that. No. I get it. Get out of here. Mm-mm. Not having any of that. Mm-mm. Damn. Well, I know the reason that we are even looking into South Carolina to begin with was because our sweet friends Matthew and Kristen are headed there soon. So Woo. hopefully y'all are going to Charleston because that's what you got. All right. It's haunted. We're putting it on our list. We're gonna go there someday.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: All right, kids, it's time for me to go snuggle with the dogs, listen to the thunder. Yes. As Poppy um, shakes in her little thunder vest.
0: No. Aww. Pop. Yeah. Give her a little yeah. snuggle cuddle for us. Yeah. Telling I'll do it again. I, I see yeah, Holly back there oh, you acting her? a
2: fool. Yeah, she was flipping her oh, tail around comes. doing tricks. Well- oh, God.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Holly. Y'all. Until next time. Stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.